means doing yourself. Sometimes I can do without help. DIY means I try to do it all by myself. La la la. Welcome to Destination DIY. I'm Julie Sabatier, and this is the first in our new series of monthly podcast episodes made possible by you, our awesome listeners. Thank you so much for believing in us and making this happen. We hope you like what you hear. Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts are do-it-yourselfers by nature. The organizations were founded on ideals like self-sufficiency and wilderness survival. These are timeless values, but some families find the 100-year-old scouting institutions to be a little out of touch. They require uniforms, their websites are clunky, and they have a lot of rules. But there's a new, kid-driven, co-ed version of scouting for the digital age. It's called DIY.org. Their motto is, get skills, be awesome. And they have badges. They call them patches, but they look a lot like those things my mom sewed onto my Girl Scout sash when I was a kid. One of my patches, what I'm proud of, is Duct Tape Ninja, making things out of duct tape. This is Lucy Bowman. I'm 10, and I like crafting. Lucy has lots of patches. Fort builder, shelter builder, prankster. To earn a patch, a kid has to complete three challenges. Then they upload a picture or video of whatever they made. The DIY.org staff reviews it and doles out the patches. Cardboarder, printmaker, paper crafter, and toy maker. Before I say more, I should tell you that even though we both have the same three letters in our names, DIY.org is not affiliated with Destination DIY, except, of course, that we're talking about it on this episode of the show. Lucy was excited to show me a drawing she did to earn her illustrator patch. My owl fish bear that I drew, it's a combination, a head of an owl, body of a fish, and legs of a bear. So I wanted to draw an owl, a fish, and a bear, so I just combined them. The patches are digital, but they also come as tangible embroidered objects. Lucy has 10 of her patches sewn onto the bag she takes to school. The site is completely free for parents and kids to use. There are no ads, but there is a market on DIY.org that sells some do-it-yourself kits, backpacks, and the physical patches. They're $5 each. The virtual patches are free. They get displayed on the user's portfolio pages. Like many of the kids on the site, Lucy doesn't use her real name. Instead of a profile picture, she has an avatar. My avatar, since it's sort of anonymous, I am a raccoon named Skitter Evil. DIY.org is pretty new. It first went live in the spring of 2012, and they have about 200,000 users. That's according to this guy. Hi, my name is Zach Klein, and I'm the CEO of DIY. There's two acronyms I never expected to hear so close to each other in the same sentence. Zach is one of three guys who started DIY.org in San Francisco. He's 31, and he just so happens to be an Eagle Scout himself. One of his other claims to fame is co-founding and designing the video-sharing website Vimeo. He doesn't have kids, but in creating DIY.org, he drew inspiration from his own childhood experience. For example, when I was 11, um, I was really into making web pages. My parents had just signed up for AOL. Welcome. You've got mail. And AOL offered this really cool free tool where you can make a web page easily. And I was living in my own eternal, internal world, just making web pages. And, and there was no one in my life who, who, uh, who understood the value of what I was doing. And there's no way they could have anticipated that what I was doing then uh, would someday become a really important skill. Zach says that's why a lot of the ideas for the skills on DIY.org come from kids who use the site. We're not really good predictors of what skills will be valuable when these kids are adults. Magician. 
hardware hacker, game designer, special effects wizard. And so we have to treat the things that they're passionate about with the same level of importance and prestige as skills that have been traditionally valuable. Gardener. Chemist. Woodworker. One thing all the kids on the site are learning is how to be social online. Kids can follow each other's portfolios and comment on each other's projects. This is the first time for a lot of kids that they've had a virtual identity of any kind. Uh, the first time that they could act without the consequence of, of being seen. And, and so, yeah, just for the sake of our community being successful, we have to teach kids to be good digital citizens so that their contributions to the community are productive. Many of the kids on DIY are not using their real names. That could make it easier for them to be mean to each other, but so far, Zach says they've had a no-tolerance policy for that, and it hasn't really been an issue. The anonymity factor is important for a lot of parents. There are many families on DIY who go to length to obscure their kids' faces. They'll wear masks even, or maybe they'll, they'll do some post-production on the photos and they'll, they'll blur out the faces, and we're, we're totally comfortable with that. The reality is that for, for kids, even, even young children, there is a portion of their social being that's being formed digitally. And whether or not you think that's a good thing, that is reality. Amy Webb writes a column about data for Slate.com. She heads up a digital strategy agency called Web Media Group, and she describes herself as a digital media futurist. The notion of liking or offering up a comment, um, those are things that are social acts that are sort of part and parcel of everything that happens digitally. Um, the real problem comes in when parents are not aware that those functionalities exist. I would say in general, the the times when you start to find that there are problems with, with kids and social media um, are the times when the parents have become totally disengaged. There are tools built into DIY.org to help parents monitor the way their kids are using the site, and kids can't sign up without parental approval. Even though the site is free, parents have to enter credit card information to verify their identity. It's a step up from checking a box that says, I give parental permission, but of course it's not completely airtight. Like traditional scouting, parental involvement is a key component. The thing that I find really fascinating about DIY.org and something that separates it from Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts, is the way it exists in both the digital and the physical world. Some of the skills are purely digital. Web designer. Meme hacker. Front-end developer. But a lot of them require kids to step away from the screen and make something with their hands. Painter. Botanist. Chef. Stitcher. Home builder. Bike mechanic. Then they create a digital record of their creative project, and it lives online where they can share it with their virtual friends. And in some cases, kids are also sharing what they're working on in person. So guys, if you want to put the chairs on either side and on the back... And then... On a Saturday morning in Portland, Oregon, seven-year-old Mason Jones and his friend Cam Laraway help Mason's dad set up for the monthly meeting of the PDX DIY Club. So it looks like we have a ton of awesome projects. This is Ben Jones, Mason's dad. Um, in the back there, we have little bits, robot stuff. And then we've got perla beads, right, Mace? He gets some help from other parents and teachers he knows, but Ben is the main organizer behind PDX DIY. Our first event was at a bike shop. We've gone to a nature reserve to do the botany skill, and then um, we've been at a reuse center here in Portland called Scrap, and that's kind of been our home. 
There are about a dozen kids working in pairs or with their parents on projects they brought or just whatever seems interesting to them. Mason and Cam are digging through a bag of plastic craft supplies. A little one of these? Yeah. We don't know what we're making yet. On the other end of the big table, 12-year-old Xander Bowman is working on a techie project. And you can uh, make different circuit boards on here. And I'm just trying to figure out what else could it do. Right next to Xander is Tova Underwood. And I'm 11. I am working on this jean jacket, and I'm currently sewing on one of my patches from DIY. And what, what is that one? This is for Illustrator, and then I have another for Maker. Are you earning a patch while you're sewing on that patch? Yes. Yes, I am. There's a challenge for Maker and for Stitcher to sew on your patches, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to get both of them by the end of the day. Tova's mom sits at the table with her, knitting a hat. Seven-year-old Amelia Johnson brought along both of her parents. She sits on her mom's lap, working with some brightly colored duct tape. Okay, let's fold this over so it doesn't stick to anything. Okay, now fold it over on the back. Oh, this is a wallet, actually, Mom. We just made a wallet. Yeah, cool. Amelia has an account on DIY.org. Super ladybug. But her dad says she's not really focused on earning patches. Oftentimes when I show her a project on DIY.org, she will um, look at that and say, oh, I know how to do that, but I want to do this instead. So it's been a source of ideas for us to talk about. The uh, local meetups are what work for us, more so than the website. So it's meeting up with other kids and doing things. Clubs were not part of the original plan for DIY.org, but since they started popping up, the site has fully embraced the idea. There are 75 clubs listed on DIY.org, and a dozen of those are outside the U.S. Co-founder Zach Klein says there are more out there that are just not registered yet. It's one thing to build something and get people to visit your website, but it's another thing to actually cause people to meet in the real world and to cause people to spend their Saturdays together doing something creative. It's it's a profound feeling, and I think it's probably started with families who maybe had dabbled with scouting, you know, Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts, but wanted to change. And they saw DIY, and they saw that we had patches, and and they saw that maybe the skills that we were promoting were more contemporary than those organizations. Maker. Rocketeer. Geneticist. And they just started meeting and working together That's actually exactly how Ben Jones and his son discovered DIY. Unlike the more established scouting organizations, DIY.org encourages users to make up their own rules. Human beings have a superpower, and it's called play. And I guess our theory is just that we we want to give kids the tools and the power and the responsibility to go further with their play and um, to make them feel special and important for doing it. DIY.org put that theory into practice in a new way recently when they released a handbook to offer some guidance to the clubs. It pushes them toward the next level of DIY. It says the clubs should be led by kids. When I read that, it was like, holy cow, what do I do? Ben says they're struggling to figure out how to adapt the PDX DIY club to get kids more involved in the planning and logistics. For him, it comes down to this key question. How do we help kids the same way kind of DIY is helping all of the clubs in that we're not telling them exactly how it's uh, how it should be done, but we're there to support them throughout the process. They'll continue to meet monthly as they figure that out. 
and they invited me back for the next meeting. They'll be working on something that was never a part of my scouting experience, the journalism patch. Journalist. And we're going to be interviewing Julie Sabatier. The tables will be turned. Instead of her asking you questions, you're going to be asking her questions. I'm secretly hoping that they'll give me my own journalism patch. It has a microphone on it and everything. It is so cool. Thanks for tuning in to Destination DIY. I'm Julie Sabatier. Journalist. And I produced this episode with help from engineer Clark Salisbury and editor Colin Fogarty. Jamie Cuddy is Destination DIY's associate producer. Special thanks to Ashley Ann Kriegbaum and Aaron Hankin for their help with this episode. The Destination DIY theme song was created by Gray Ann. In this episode, you also heard music composed and performed by Jason Leonard. We get legal help from Cole Haver. You heard the names of the patches from these fine young DIYers. Zuka, Scotto Di Carlo. Daphne, Scotto Di Carlo. Solve Van Oost. Hazel Eternal. Finrab. Thanks to all of them and their parents. Support for Destination DIY comes from Leanne Locker and Associates, crafting strategic arts and letters for good. More information is at leannlocker.com. And we couldn't do what we do without support from our awesome listeners like Linda Depper. Thanks, Linda. And Adam Shearer. Take it away, Adam. Hi, this is Adam Shearer in Portland. The Destination DIY podcast is available for free pretty much any way you want it. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and of course, you can always find them at their website, destinationdiy.org. You'll find photos, audio archives, and all kinds of web-only content. Right now, there are some photos up of kids getting creative at the PDX DIY Club and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. All the details are at DestinationDIY.org. The team dishes out DIY news and other findings via Twitter and Facebook. Just look for Destination DIY. And don't forget, it's not too late to support the show like I did. Just look for the Please Donate link on the website, DestinationDIY.org. DIY. Thanks for listening.